that song says that God is a good father, and certainly he is. Can I get some lights on, please? Get some other lights on? That'd be great. Thank you. Uh, and he certainly is a good father, and everything he does is good, and everything he makes is good. And the fact that he has made you means that he has made you good. And he has made you good as in with a purpose good. That's what I'm talking about. He's made, everything he's made has a purpose to it, and it's a good purpose. So if he made you, which he did, you have a purpose to your life, and it's a good purpose. Um, I have a purpose. You have a purpose. Felines have a purpose. You know what the purpose of cats are? Target practice. And so everything, everybody's got, everything's got a purpose. And our purpose is for a destiny. Everybody, every one of us is called to the same destiny. Our calling that propels us into that destiny might be different. And, and, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. Any talk of destiny has to address the issue of fate. And so in this series, Endgame, Discovering Your Destiny, I have to address this issue of fate. Some people have a vague sense of destiny, but more often than not, this vague sense of destiny that we have is linked to the philosophy of fate. And the philosophy of fate is not biblical. Destiny in the Bible, the biblical definition of destiny, is different than the Webster's definition of destiny. And we have to understand the difference. The modern understanding of destiny typically, and you don't even realize it, has at its core this premise of fatalism. Now, God made things for a purpose and a destiny. There's nothing fatalistic about it. This is a complex issue, and I want, I want to unpack it a little bit as, as the setup for understanding destiny and calling. And I want to start with what the Bible does not teach about destiny and what the Bible does not teach about what we understand to be fate. Fate is the predetermined course of events that's beyond human control. The typical response to fate is fatalism. In other words, if you can't change the future, why try? If things are going to be the way they're going to be, just let it go. And what will be, what did Doris Day say? Say, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. That is so old school. I'm glad most of you are like, I have no idea who that even is. Thank you. See, fatalism, the idea of fate, it gets, we can confuse it with the biblical idea of destiny. They're not the same. Fatalism is a major premise in Islam, and it's a major tenet widely held in Hinduism. And the fatalistic view of life is what keeps the caste system in India in place. It goes way back to Greek mythology with the, the more or the fates, which in Greek mythology were three goddesses. They were weavers and they, they wove a thread and one of them at a predetermined time would cut the person's thread, thus ending their life and their decisions could not be canceled, could not be annulled, not even by other gods within Greek mythology. And typically, when we talk about destiny, our modern view of destiny is wrapped up in this fatalistic view of fate. And it's not biblical. And so what we have to do is go kind of, and this is what I want to do in the series, is, is, is redefine our understanding of destiny 
and to understand God's call. Destiny, and I shared this last week, destiny, a, a biblical definition of destiny, is serving God's purpose with your life and expanding God's kingdom in the world. That's our destiny. The single verse definition, you want this destiny wrapped up in one single verse, you go to Matthew 6.33. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all this other stuff will be added to you as well. His righteousness is seeking God's purpose with your life. His kingdom first is expanding His kingdom in the world. The idea of biblical destiny is wrapped up in Matthew 6.33. This is our destiny. His kingdom, His righteousness fleshed out in and through our lives. And everything in life for the Christ follower is to have that trajectory. Everything is to have that trajectory. So if you want to talk about destiny, it's to have a life's trajectory that seeks God's kingdom on this world and His righteousness in our lives. Do you understand? Do you understand? And so what I did last week, and I want to share with you again, is give us seven characteristics of lives that are in a position to fulfill destiny. This is the definition of destiny. These are what lives look like that are in a position to fulfill that destiny. Lives who are in a position to fulfill their destiny serving God's purpose in life and expanding His kingdom in the world. Our lives have a vibrant and growing relationship with Jesus. You can't seek His kingdom and, 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 and seek His righteousness without having a vibrant relationship with Jesus. It's also those who have a vibrant and growing relationship with their spouse, their children, or family, whatever that family unit looks like with each other in the family. It's also those who have a vibrant relationship, a growing relationship with people outside their family. We're made for relationships with each other. God Himself exists within the context of a relationship, Father, Son, and Spirit. God doesn't even exist without the context of relationship. And so when we function on vibrant and growing relationships with other people, it's reflective of who God is in His very essence of relationship. Do you understand that? It's also people who live with financial freedom and sacrificial giving to God. You, we cannot expand God's kingdom in the world while we're tied to credit card debt. Can't do it. It's also people who live a life free of bondage to substances and behaviors. If I'm a slave to something else, I can't be a servant of God like I'm destined to be. Does that make sense? Do you understand that? It's also people who have taken great risks in faith. When the Bible says that that, that the gates of hell won't prevail against God's kingdom, it's going to be risky to press against the gates of hell itself. That ain't a safe task. But we're promised victory. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's also people who have a zeal for sharing their faith with others. How is God's kingdom going to be expanded in the world without sharing the faith of Christ? And so if we want to fill our destiny, serving God's purpose with our life and expanding His kingdom in the world, we want to fulfill that destiny, then this is the trajectory of our lives. His righteousness, serving God's purpose in our life. His kingdom first, expands purpose in the world. When we know 
You know when your life has these, this trajectory. You know when your life has that trajectory of serving Him with your life and expanding His kingdom in the world. Some of you have put yourselves in positions, even moments at a time, of living with this destiny in mind. Of living according to these seven characteristics. You know it. And you've been so fulfilled in those moments when the trajectory has shifted this way. And it's felt good. And the reason it's felt good and the reason it vibrates inside your very being is because this is your destiny. And those moments when you brought your lives in line with this, it has reverberated to your very soul. Because of what you're made for. Do you understand? Now, one of the things I started talking about last week, and I want to continue today a little bit, is the, the understanding that destiny is bigger than our vocation. And our problem is so many of us, and, and I, we do it all the time. Kid graduates high school, where are you going to college? What are you studying? What's your major going to be? Why? Because we want to know what they're going to do with their life, right? Well, I'm not going to college. Where are you working? Because we want to know what they're doing with their life. All of our attention centers on vocation rather than destiny. We have to understand that destiny is bigger than vocation. See, here's why. Because destiny is about God's kingdom, not about our future. God's kingdom is eternal. And this is why when people spend their entire lives pursuing a vocation, oftentimes when we get to the end of that life, there's a sense of, is that all there was? I mean, it was good, but I don't know if I would claim it as ultimately fulfilling. And this is why success isn't necessarily full of purpose and fulfillment. Because we, we, we've kind of leapfrogged destiny and only focused on vocation. I've got all kinds of young people who want to talk about what has God called me, what job am I created to do, and no conversations about what is my destiny. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we've missed it. Now, when I talk about destiny, that God's designed destiny is to serve God's purpose in the world and expand His kingdom, there's also a destiny for those who reject God's designed destiny. So there's two destinies. Let me show you that. Those who push back and resist God's designed destiny have a destiny. Still, Philippians 3. For as I have often told you before, and I'll tell you again, even with tears, Paul's saying, look, I'm, you're, I can't express how much this, this affects my heart. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their what? Destiny is what? Destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And I wonder how often we get so wrapped up in the earthly things that we miss destiny. And Paul says when we ultimately miss the destiny of a relationship with Christ, and walking into that destiny, the destiny we're left with is destructive. See, any destiny apart from God's design leads to destruction. And any destiny that understands God's design results in addition. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So this issue of destiny is crucial because it's either going to lead to destruction or result in addition. 
Do you understand how important this is? I, I don't know if many of us have spent much time thinking about our destiny. What are we destined for? We spend a lot of time thinking about our vocation, though, right? There's an example, many examples, but one of the examples in the Bible of someone who resisted God's call and God's destiny is in Acts 9. And in Acts 9, Jesus appears to this man named Saul who had been rejecting and resisting God's call in his life and the destiny he was created to fulfill. And Jesus says to him these words in verse 5 of Acts 9. It is hard to kick against the goads. Now, we don't use goads, that word, anymore. But back in, in biblical times, a goad was something that a shepherd would use with his flock, usually with cattle or something. And it was a, a long stick with a very sharp, pointy end. And when the livestock was getting off track, they would goad it and to put it back on track. And so when you got a spear pointing at your hip, and you kick against that. Is that going to be pleasurable or painful? And this is what Jesus was saying to the man who would become Paul. When you kick against my call and my destiny for your life, it's going to create pain. Let me ask you this. Has that been your experience? You can deny it. You can reject it. You can resist it. You can kick against it all you want. But it is painful to kick against the goads. Do you understand? You're free to exercise your freedom against God's plan. But I'm going to tell you right now, you better realize it's going to be painful. See, the Bible is very clear that God blesses obedience. And he's patient with disobedience, even to the point of seeming lax about it. But his plan for us in the context of destiny is one of joy and includes both joy for us and glory for him, both in this world and in the next. And I just want to make sure we understand that the only way we can begin to connect with God's destiny for our lives is to start at the beginning with the ABCs, admitting we have lived contrary to his standard. Believing that Jesus died on the cross for our sins to be forgiven. And committing ourselves to follow him. If you haven't done the ABCs with him yet, you're not even in a position to be able to fulfill the destiny for which you've been created. And if you're not even in a position to fulfill that yet, the result will be destruction. Do you understand? Here's the thing. Destiny is what God has called every Christ follower to. Calling is that, get this, the detailed way that you fulfill your destiny. Our destiny, the end game of our destiny is all the same for those who follow Jesus. To serve God's purpose in the world and expand His kingdom in the world. That's the end game. Now, our calling is how we flesh out the pursuit of that destiny. The detailed way we fulfill it. 
Now, here's, here's what, when, when I did this, when I started this series called Destiny, I, I guarantee you the vast majority of us thought about calling. And you want to know what God has called you to. And the younger you are, the more you want to know. What has God called me to? What did He design me for? Here's the deal. God has called each of us to something. But your call will be the process through which you fulfill your destiny. Most people stop at their call. What has God called me for? What am I called to do? And they stop there. We have to understand that He has called us to something, but that call is simply the seedbed, the jumping off point of what will fulfill our destiny. See, most of us are searching for a calling with little attention to a destiny. And ultimately, what God's called us to is a destiny. Your call is only meant to serve your destiny. That's all. And once we... Once we find fulfillment in destiny more than in calling, we gain joy in what we're called to do. See, here, here's why so many people are so dissatisfied with their job or their vocation or their lot in life. Because they think that is the end of life. And once we find more joy in the fulfillment of our destiny, then there can become joy in our vocation. Because we realize that our vocation isn't the end game. Our calling isn't the end game. The destiny is the end game. This is just the avenue through which I fulfill it. Do you see what I'm saying? So if I'm not looking to this for my joy, if this is my joy, this can serve that. And if my joy isn't God's destiny, then this is okay. You tracking with me? I don't feel like you are. Our vocation and our call must always serve destiny. The problem is that we pursue vocation thinking by it we find fulfillment. And the solution is to pursue God's destiny. Because out of destiny will flow call. Now, some are definitely called to a specific vocation. There's no doubt. Some aren't. Some can do this and do that and do this and do that and be happy, kind of just adapt to whatever. And they find great joy in the adaptation of life. Others are definitely called to a vocation. Some have a call on their life. But all of us have a destiny from God. And we've given you tools, and if you go to the message notes from last week on that app, the links for the tools are there. I didn't put them on, the, I don't think I put them on this week, but they're from last week. So if you haven't taken advantage of those tools, the strength finders, the disc, those things, take advantage of that. Because those tools will help you clarify your call. And when you clarify what you're called to do and how you're put together and hardwired by God, it will create joy in the fulfillment of your destiny. I was talking to Jeff about this very thing. And Jeff didn't realize that one of his in strength finders, one of the strengths there is communication. And people with communication, they might be covered in tattoos because they're trying to communicate something. It might show up in the way they dress. I obviously don't have it. Um, they're, they're people, you know, who, who do who do podcasts and when people used to blog or whatever, I don't know if people still blog anymore, but it just, it's, they're just always communicating. And people with communication just talk, the office, they just talk a lot. They just keep talking. 
He's got diarrhea of the mouth. They just keep saying words and words and words. Like, let your yes be yes, or you know me no, and just shut up after that. Like, just, but some people with communication keep talking, talking, talking. And Jeff, his number one strength is communication. And he was working at Pelco in a cubicle. He was killing him. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so when you understand that, you start to understand, okay, this is part of how, what God's calling, he's calling me to something different than working in a cubicle. And when I understand, then I can start to fulfill my destiny. So take advantage of those tools. How you are hardwired by God will be the fuel that will propel you into your destiny. That some of you, some of you are called to teach. You're called to teach. And you're different from those who teach just as a job. Some people have that vocation as a job and they get a paycheck and they move on. Some of you are called to teach. And you know, you can tell the difference from one who was called to it and those who just do it. Those who are called to it have an energy about it and an energy towards their students. And they care about their students' growth and they love it when the light bulb goes on. And they're good at it. And their students love it when they do it. And it makes sense. And there's joy when the students learn. And, the, and, 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 and teachers who are called to teach can so, take something complex and make it simple. Educators take something simple and make it complex. But teachers take something complex and make it simple. And they're called to it. And then you're gifted. But you have to understand that even when you're called to teach, that call must serve your destiny to serve God's purpose with your life and expand His kingdom in the world. And if it doesn't do that, all you are doing is teaching because your destiny is deeper than your call. And when you understand that, you're no longer simply a teacher. Now you're created for destiny. And even in the classroom, destiny is your driving force. Do you understand the difference? See, everything we do has to be driven by this understanding of destiny. A call can be powerful, but your destiny is eternal. And you can accomplish your destiny irregardless of your vocation or your call. Irregardless. And so... Can I show you how to get to your destiny? You get to your destiny through your call. You've got to know what God's called you to because by that will be the fuel and the launching pad for your destiny. Ephesians 2.10, we're all God's handiwork. That means He's created us all with a purpose. That means we're His poem, we're His masterpiece, we're His piece of art. Where's handiwork? Creating Christ Jesus to do good works. So it's God has already prepared in advance for us to do. He's already get prepared. He's lined things up as our calling. Hebrews 12.1, Romans 12.1, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer your body as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your proper, act of true and proper worship. There's a calling to offer ourselves to Him. He has a call on us. 
When we offer ourselves to God, He responds and says, this is what I want for your life. Now, understand, a calling is different than a good idea. We might have a lot of good ideas, but some are just good ideas. They're not a call. God has designed things for you to do. He wants you to offer yourself to Him because you will experience His call on your life. But your call is different than a good idea. Isaiah 55 says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't yours. My, my, my thoughts are higher than yours. You might have a good idea, but I have a call for you. Perfect example of this is Moses in Egypt. He knew that he was a Hebrew being raised in Pharaoh's house as an Egyptian. He had a heart to defend and to free the Hebrews. It was a good idea. It went bad. In his good idea to save and to, and to free the Hebrews, he ended up killing an Egyptian. And then even the Hebrews turned on him. It was the right idea, but it wasn't the right time and it wasn't God's call at that moment. God had a, his call was to eventually free his people and it was to call Moses to do it. But Moses had to get out of his own way before he can embrace God's call. And he wasn't going to do it while he was in Egypt. God had to get him out of Egypt and get Egypt out of him and develop him a little bit before he could walk into that call. Now remember, our destiny is deeper than our call. Our call will serve our destiny. Destiny for the Christ follower is to serve God's purpose in the world and expand His kingdom in the world. And that was also Moses' destiny. He was to serve God's purpose, which was to liberate God's people from those who were holding Him captive. His destiny was to expand God's kingdom, and His call was to lead His people into the promised land. But the call served the destiny because the destiny was deeper. Do you understand? But God had to call Moses out of Egypt before Moses could begin to experience that call and fulfill his destiny. Had to get some things out of him first. If all you're doing is chasing your good ideas, you're going to miss God's call and never fulfill your destiny. And God might have to get you out of some places first before you can experience His call. He might have to get some stuff out of you first before you can experience His call to be able to even be able to fulfill your destiny. See, Moses had to leave Egypt behind. And the interesting thing, I talked about this last week, that the further he chased his destiny, the more space he put between he and his history. God might need to get you out of some places. So I guess one of my questions this morning for us is, what do you need to leave behind to be able to experience God's call to put you in a position to fulfill His destiny? Paul says, forgetting what lies behind, I press on towards the goal. My call and my destiny. See, we can't live in our past and fulfill our future. We can't do it. Some of you have a bigger rearview mirror than you do a front windshield. And you're living by the rearview mirror. 
Do you understand? Are you tracking with me still? See, oftentimes, our calling will be the setup to our destiny. And our calling is the launch pad into our destiny. David was called, but he was also destined. What was he called to? David, the shepherd, was called to shepherd helpless beings. And then he was called to kill a lion. And then he was called to slaughter a bear. And that vocation was the setup to his destiny with the giant. Do you understand? And that battle with the giant was that the thing that began the fulfillment of his destiny, which was to serve God's purpose with his life and expand God's kingdom in the world. His vocation, his call was the setup for his destiny. Your battle might be your setup to fulfill your destiny. Don't run from it, run to it. God might have a giant right in your path. That's part of your call. Run to it. Because that battle with that giant just might be the setup to your destiny. And how you approach that giant will say a lot about what you believe about God and about His call on your life. Part of our problem has been that we have seen our vocation we, 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 for too long, we viewed our vocation as either our highest task in life or the necessary evil we have to do till we get to retire. I mean, that, that, that's how we viewed our vocation. Our vocation is the highest call. God made me to do this, and I'm going to do that. That's noble. Or, man, I'm just counting down the days so I can retire, and I'm done. Just got to do it. It's time for every one of us to elevate our vocation because that vocation is a setup to our destiny. You might be called to shepherd ignorant beings like David was. You might be called to great tasks of killing lions and beating bears. But all those are our setups to your destiny. Readjust your eyesight, refocus your attention. You have a call and you have a vocation, but those should only serve to serve your destiny. Now here's what I know. When we understand our call from God and we're focused on His designed destiny for us, what we do works. It works. And we're fulfilled by it. And we have that feeling of success. Do you know why? Because it's from God. And what God does and what He's in works. Isaiah 55.11 So it's my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. It'll accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. When God speaks His call into your life, it will accomplish that for which it was sent out to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? It will propel you into your destiny. It'll work. 
It'll fit. It makes sense. But we have to understand what that voice is calling us to. A call for the purpose of a destiny, not just a call for the purpose of a vocation. God's call on you and His call to you will not be vague. You look in the Bible, when He called His people to something, it was not a vague call. And His call will take shape according to the very nature and texture of how He has knit you together. And if you, here's the thing, here's what you've got to pay attention to. If you're not aware of how he has knit you together, you will struggle to, desert, to discover your call. And if you struggle to discover your call, you'll be hard-pressed to fulfill your destiny. You follow me? So here's a little piece of advice. If you're still searching for a career, and keep in mind that your call to your career is lesser than your call to destiny. Your destiny is in your call. And if you're currently employed and engaged in a vocation, I don't care what it is, in the context of that vocation, have in mind those seven characteristics of one who is ready to fulfill their destiny. Here's the key. In every decision, and in every opportunity, regardless of your vocation, regardless of your call, regardless of what you're doing, in every decision, in every opportunity, think along the lines of how, how chill, how will this serve God's purpose in my life? And how will this expand God's kingdom in the world? regardless of your call, regardless of your vocation, regardless of what you're doing, if it doesn't serve God's purpose in your life, it will not fulfill your destiny. Regardless of your call, regardless of what you're doing, if it doesn't expand God's kingdom in the world in some way, it will not fulfill your destiny. And so many people are stuck on the treadmill of life, chasing success, chasing vocation, chasing retirement, that they never get to serving God's purpose with life and expand His kingdom of the world, never even consider fulfilling their destiny and get to the end of it all and think, huh, is this all there was? Why is the treadmill so exhausting? Why am I worn out? Because you're not connected to the energy source of destiny through a call. So you begin thinking, will this right now make my relationship with Jesus more vibrant? Will this make my relationship with my spouse, my kids, my family, my friends more vibrant? Will what I'm doing with my money right now honor God and expand His kingdom in the world? Is this an opportunity to take a risk in faith? Is this an opportunity before me right now to share my faith with someone? When we, see, when we begin readjusting our, our mindset and our trajectory, our vocation starts to fulfill our destiny. Does that make sense? You understand? See, finding your destiny, discovering your destiny, fulfilling your, your call is not such a complex, difficult thing to understand. You just got to reframe it. So the key, I'm going to give you another key. 
for God to reveal His call on your life, because your call fuels your destiny. Your call propels you into your destiny. So let's start there. For God to reveal His call to your life, God looks for your availability more than your ability. God looks for your availability more than He looks for your ability. My mom had this poster in our house when I was a little boy. And it said this very thing. God cares more about your availability than your ability. And as a, as a, as a young boy who wasn't yet aware of what he was good at, that was great news for me. Because here's what happens. Little boys don't find their identity until they find what they're good at. And that's why so many young ones, especially through junior high, struggle so much. Because they're searching for something they're good at. And if all they're good at is screwing off and causing trouble, that will become their identity because they're good at it. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, the thing that was so liberating for me is to, at a very young age, start to understand, God doesn't care what I'm good at. He cares if I'm available. He cares about my availability, not my ability. Because at some point when I was young, the only thing I could say was, well, God, this is what you got. Let's see how good you are. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? See, when God wants to work in the world, and this way it's been all through the Bible, when He wants to work in the world, God looks for someone who has availability, not ability. And part of our problem is we have looked at ourselves and think, I don't know what I'm good at, I don't know what I'm capable of, and therefore I have to find something I'm good at and something I'm capable of in order to fulfill my destiny. No, the complete opposite is the truth. You haven't got good at nothing. i got to be as available. See, the first step to discovering God's call on your life and the further step into fulfilling your destiny is just simply make yourself available. And I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. This is always our first step. And you're never too old or never too young to start taking this step of availability. When God asked the question, who will go for us? Isaiah 6, you can read it for yourself. He's asking this profound, huge question. Who will go for us? He's in the context of relationship. He said, I got a plan to do in the world. Who will go for us? And Isaiah offers one simple response. Here I am. Send me. I'm available. I don't even know what I just volunteered for. I don't, it doesn't really matter. I'm just available. I'm available. I wonder how many times we have sought God what do you want from my life? What job? What career? What vocation? What's my destiny? What do you want from me? And the only thing God has said is I want you to be available. Quit looking for the solution. He says, I am the solution. You just make yourself available to me. I'll make stuff clear for you. Your destiny, your call is to be available above all else. People ask me all the time, I, I'm, you know, I'm praying about going to Mexico. I'm thinking about doing this for God, blah, blah, blah. My Psalms, all the time. Why don't you say yes on the front end and make God tell you no? Rather than saying no on the front end and make God tell you yes? That's what most people do. Well, I feel like God's saying, but I'm going to wait till He provides and then I'll know. 
So basically I'm saying no until God shows up and then I will. That's not faith. You understand? So why don't we just start saying yes to everything and make God peel away the stuff we're not supposed to say yes to? It's called availability. Do you understand what I'm saying? And when we become available, then God starts to say, well, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that, it's this. Romans 12 in that verse says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. That's an offering of availability. Do you understand? It's just an offering of availability. Here I am. And the Bible says when you offer yourself in availability, you quit following falsetto lives and the pattern of this culture that's chasing shadows of significance, and then you will know God's call and His destiny that's propelled. Just make yourself available. I'm offering myself, God. I'm available. I mean, think about it biblically. Moses was reluctantly willing at the burning bush. He, like us, tried to make excuses, and pretty soon those excuses ran out, and he said, fine, God, I'm available. David was available to confront a violent giant. Isaiah was available when he heard God talk at church. All of them said, that's fine, God, don't really feel up to it, but I'm available. And through that availability, they heard God's call, and that God's call, they fulfilled their destiny. Do you understand? Let me tell you this. I don't... It, very few people, very few people go through their entire lives, start to finish, this is the vocation God has called me to, and that never wavers or questions. You know why? Because God doesn't only call us to a vocation. He's called us to a destiny. And that vocation is simply the fuel that propels us into a destiny. Quit chasing a career. Quit chasing success. Quit chasing these other things. Seek first His kingdom, His righteousness. Serving His purpose in the world. Expanding His kingdom in the world. That's your destiny. And the way you get to that is through your availability. Rick, come up here. Imagine for a moment. Just imagine for a moment. Just let your mind think. Imagine what's going on in heaven right now when heaven stands at the ready for people who will say, I'm available. I don't know what you can do with me. I don't know what you can do through me. Doesn't even matter what I know, what I don't know. All I'm doing is just imagine heaven just waiting in this moment for people to say, I am available. For young ones, junior high kids, high school kids, to say at a, that young of an age, Father, I'm available. Whatever you want, I'm a blank slate. I'm available. Can you imagine what happened through an old man and an old woman who's like on the next door of death to say in that moment, I am available, God. What can you do with me in 24 hours? Can you imagine? God, I mean, just think about it. Think about what God did in 24 hours. In six 24 hours, he made everything that could be made. Can you imagine what he could do with you in one 24-hour period? He could do a lot of stuff. It's just if we're available. It's not even about vocation or job. There's a destiny. And I just want to imagine for a moment what God could do in us, through us, and with us if we just simply became available. Quit using our lack of ability as an excuse for neglecting our destiny. Your greatest asset, 
Your greatest asset is your availability. Your greatest asset is your availability. Once you're available, you'll be able to understand more deeply the reason for your call is to fulfill a destiny. Man, I don't want you to live this life on earth and miss it. I don't want you to miss it. Pray with me.